Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the No Easy Way Out podcast. My name is Tony Nash and we are coming to you as always from the Armory in beautiful downtown Owasso, home to my company, AZ Business Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. Today's episode is brought to you by AZ Business Solutions. At AZ, we help you grow your brand from A to Z. One of the many ways that we do this is through our graphic design services. Graphic design drives advertising and can be the very thing that attracts or detracts people from your ba- brand. Your band. Or your band. It could detract people from your band, too. Yeah. But graphic <laughs> yeah. design gives your company visual presentation that, just by looking at it, gives you an impression of the product or business. With the ever-growing reach of technology, the need for eye-catching graphics becomes more and more valuable to businesses. A skillfully designed graphic can also convey a message that you are established and should be taken seriously. If a, co- if a company looks professional, your potential customers are more likely to trust that you are able to deliver. Standing out in today's competitive market is not only difficult, but it is vital to your business. Graphic design done by AZ's talented graphic artists will attract your target market and increase your business's activity. Visit our website at www.az.co to see some of our work and let us start helping you stand today. I think this will say stand out, but that was good. Jordan, you crushed that one. That's much better than That's a 9.1, Jordan. 9.1. <laughs> you're moving up on the return. Did you do some reading exercises I this week? I had another extra cup of coffee this week. So. <laughs> Very good. I had some multiply worship coffee. We'll yeah. get into that here in just a little bit. Well, how's everyone doing today? You guys doing all right? Good. Rock, rocking out? We had a rocking the merch today. Rocking the hottest merch in the brands. game. Yes, that's right. Multiply worship. <laughs> well, we had a really fun video shoot yesterday over in a little town called Otisville, Michigan. Yes, we went to a place called Subchuk, not like it's spelled S O B T Z A K. I think it's Polish. Subchuk Engineering Technologies LLC. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. We, and out of that deal, I forgot to bring him this morning, but I got a free pair of brass knuckles. Yes, you did. So, <laughs> Why don't you have them here, Tony? I meant to bring them. I meant to bring them to show our audience. We were there, and I was this guy. When he he uh, does like CNC uh, uh, water jet stuff, and he makes stuff out of metal. He makes unique parts that you can't find, and he was showing us some of the stuff. And he pulls out this set of brass knuckles that he made for. Somebody. I mean, they're not brass; they're metal knuckles. Yeah. And I just became like a little kid. I'm like, oh, those are sweet. He's like, you want them? And I didn't even hesitate. Like, there was no professional courtesy. Like, ah. I was like, yes, yes, right now. So I took them and I hacked my Give me, give me, give me. Yes, exactly. And I found it's illegal to have them, so I had to keep those concealed. But um, I'm surprised you're putting it on your uh, podcast. Yeah, you I got them. You know them. I own a pair of brass knuckles. So now. Come get me. Not just my guns are deadly weapons. Um, but I wanted to bring this up to you, Zach. So our mutual friend. A young man who played on my basketball team with Zach named Jesse Porter. Jesse, shout out to you. This is the only shout out we're going to get. But he just kind of became his own little entrepreneur. He's he sure out of did. work. Yeah. And uh, Jesse, we all know that Audrey's pushing you to do this. We know you didn't <laughs> want to do it. We know you wanted to sit home and play Xbox. But his wife. Actually, it's PS4 he plays. Oh, PS4. Sorry about yeah, that. It's all good. So his wife put out a post that he is offering to clean people's cars. His services. For yeah. Money. yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's what you got to do. Maybe she was tired of having him at home. Yeah. Maybe she just wanted to make some money. But we hired him to clean out the AZ van. We did. Have you seen it yet? No. What's the finished product look like, Tony? Well, it good you know, not? I would say this, Jesse. Let me just be honest with you. Look, look deep into the camera and listen to what I'm saying to you right now. <laughs> the camera. He can't see the camera. <laughs> look, look deep into my eyes. I'll look deep into the camera. You look deep into my eyes. Uh, I'm going to give your services a solid 
9.5. That's you good. remember from our coaching days, we don't give anyone a 10 because there's always what? There's always room, there's always for, room for improvement. Always room for improvement, right? So you could do a little bit. There was a, I hit Except some Cheetos me. under the front dash and they're still there. So you missed that. But I would say for price, we're going to give you a 9.9. It was a, it was a value. It was a steal. It was a great price. It was a great price. <laughs> so if you need your car detailed in the midst of the winter, Jesse Porter, reach out to us. We'll hook you up with him. He'll come to your house. He'll come to your business. He'll pick up the car. He'll clean it for you, bring it back, spot free. But he only takes the cash app. He doesn't take oh, Venmo. He takes cash app. He doesn't take Venmo. So you got to either have cash or cash uh, app. Jesse, if you're listening, download Venmo. That's what everybody uses. Or maybe it's yeah. just me. Is He's Venmo way behind. more popular? It seems like everyone wants to use the cash app. I have it all. Like I told you, I have Apple Pay, you know, so I don't really know what people use. So that's why I have it all. What are the kids using? Just in Venmo. case. Venmo's, Venmo's where it's at right okay, now. Okay. I still use PayPal, personally. PayPal, PayPal yeah. wow. Yeah, I got that one, too. That dated you. <laughs> All right, we'll get with the times. All right, well, I am really, really excited about our guest today. Um, and I know I always say that, but today it's actually true. I'm really excited because it's one of my great friends, but it's also my my pastor, my Sunday morning addiction. <laughs> pastor Jason Georges, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> thanks for being here. Thanks for being here on a busy day. I know you got a lot going on. What are you drinking is right Jesse, there? Is Jesse prepared for you to blow up his business? Uh, he's, Jesse, I mean, you're about to go. It's going to go. You're about to go regional, baby. You just gave him a career. <laughs> you're about to go you regional. Just gave him a career. You're not going to need to go back to work after this. What are you drinking there in that can? Oh, in the can. Well, the can. This is my uh, go-to in the morning. That's your addiction. Jocko Discipline Go. What does that do for it's you? An energy drink. It. Well, listen. I love the tagline on it. It's a physical. And cognitive force multiplier. Yes. And so that's what we're doing here. I'm getting your maximum. We're, I'm all about the multiplication. The force. Yes. <laughs> I'm all about the multiplication. Yes, you are. So, and then what do you got in the other cup there? Got some uh, in my AZ uh, mug here, Yeti Premium. Yes, mm-hmm. you're taking Premium. that home today, by the way. That's a gift for oh, you. It's a gift. Yeah. That's tre- our last one. <laughs> I will treasure it. We keep giving them away. <laughs> I have some uh, Multiply Worship Coffee. So Multiply we're, worship coffee. we are double caffeinated. Yeah. As again, as you said, we, you see the merch we're wearing. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. So Pastor Jason and I, we met back uh, in 1998 at Pensacola Christian Co- College. I was a precocious freshman. You probably don't remember this. Not really for the uh, the big time there at Picola, but you were, I think, a senior that year, a junior. I don't know. What year did you graduate? 99. Okay. So yeah, you were a senior that year. And you were in my collegian, Alpha Chi Hawks. Alpha Chi till we die. Yeah, that's right, man. And uh, I just remember you because you looked a little different back in those days. You were a big Texas. No, I'm I, yeah, I'm a I'm a big guy now. But my college years, I was even bigger. Yeah. What were you tipping so, the scales at in those days? If you don't mind telling oh, our audience. Oh, in the fours. In the, yeah, you were a big dude. In the fours. Yeah. But he owned it. He owned it. Yeah. And he had a pretty girl on his was, show, on his arm. We're like, how did this girl? I know? literally was the big man on campus. Yeah, he <laughs> was. He used, he stood out, but he was pretty funny. I remember hearing him at staff meetings. He always had little funny one liners. And then a couple years later. Uh, I was, uh, I was at Emmanuel Baptist church in Corona where we're both at now. And you came on as one of our church planners, started a church in down by Detroit area for a while. And then you actually came on staff at the same time I came on staff and we were on staff together. 2006. We were equal small world. We were equals <laughs> equals. <laughs> and you, now you have far, your, your star has, has burned brightly. Yes. <laughs> You're a rocket. Yes. So, yeah, those were the good days. We uh, were on staff together. We had a lot of good times. We had, so we shared an office. Okay. It was small, two big guys in a tiny office. Yeah. And our kind of relationship is not one of uh, sharing a lot of uh, accolades with each other. Ours is more just kind of, we're always ribbing at each other. That's just how we communicate with each other. And this poor lady, Miss Nancy Poland, was the secretary, and she was in the office next to us. 
And uh, she'd just hear us going back and forth all day long, just kind of yelling at each other. But we weren't mad. This is how we talked to each other. Well, one day... We have a relationship built on insults. Yes, exactly. Like, if we compliment each other, which is rare, it's so uncomfortable. Yes. Which is like, let's not do that anymore. So uncomfortable. It's just an understanding that we know... It's our love language. Exactly. So, see, we come in the office, and, and Nancy's, like, all, like, shooken up. And we're like, what's wrong? She's like, I just... I'm just worried about you guys. I'm praying for you guys. <laughs> you guys, I just Jeez. think you guys are going to kill each other. Like, oh, no, that's just how we talk to each that's other. That's how we talk to and each other. And that hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. Hasn't changed to this day. Matter of fact, it's taken me three seasons to get him to come on my podcast. So mm-hmm. thanks Never for changed. being here. Jay every day. <laughs> that's it. So, all right. Well, Pastor Jay, you are now the senior pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Tell our audience a little about Emmanuel Baptist Church and school. Yeah, Emmanuel Baptist Church started, um, we're in our 25th year or just celebrated 25 years here in Shiawassee County, um, started in 1995, our founding pastor, Pastor Doug Levesque, who's still part of our uh, ministry. Uh, we started the school in 2000, um, and so the school is coming up on its 20th anniversary. It, I, I think it is. It's 20th is it, is it, We got an alumni right here. Yeah, we got some alum. What we are we talking here? about here? Alumni Zach. of Emmanuel Baptist <laughs> School. We are, we are responsible somewhat for Zach's intelligence. Yeah, we, I'm your product for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you made me. We, we haven't put him on that many brochures. <laughs> so when Zach was in high school, did you, you know, what did you think was going to happen with him? Did you think he would end up being the Well, co-host? he's already he's oh, already outshined our expectations. Okay, good. He's up there. <laughs> Only up from here, Zach. It's, he's doing great. All right. Thank no, you. We're, 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 we, are, we are very pleased with Zach. Yes. We are my, mildly we pleased. Are pleased with we Zach. are mildly pleased with Zach here at AZ. But, well, no, please, I, please is all relative. So okay. part of you ought to be thinking like, well, man, I've already passed what you were expecting. So no, you're, that's, Zach's doing good. That's good. <laughs> See, there's the insults. Yeah. That's, that's, we can't that, help we it. We can't help it. Compliment sandwich. We can't help it. <laughs> All right. So go ahead. You were talking about the school and the church. I apologize. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. 1995, the church started and uh, in the old goodie barn. Uh, a lot of people in the community still know that. Across the street from Myers, the big green building. Yeah. We're the last building on the south side of M21 as you're going to Flint. Uh, tractor dealership, Goody Barn. And in 1995, the church started um, and uh, a budding congregation here in Shawasee County. And the Lord has just given us 25 years of great success. I mean, the church um, has had steady growth um, of people and influence and projects and things that we've been able to be involved with. And so it's been a, an amazing run. And we are passionate about Shiawassee County. Yeah. And this is where we call home. It's a great place to live, great place to raise a family, and um, great to be part of the community. You know, I think the thing, when you think about Emmanuel and I think about our, our place in the community, what I, what I enjoy about Shiawassee County, I pastored in Detroit, and in Detroit, um, or north, the northern suburbs, you, you could pull off the greatest event, you could do a bunch of things, and you would not get noticed at all. I mean, yeah. you're just swamped up in all the news. No and, sense of community. Yeah, it's yeah. so big. Um, but here in Shawasee County, um, there is an opportunity uh, to get on the front page of the newspaper, of the Argus. There's an opportunity. In other words, you can really make a difference. You can, you can, your voice can be heard. And really, to as our desire is to help be part of the conversation of how to shape this community going forward. Yeah. And to be a, a be a voice at the table. And I think that's represented not simply in um, positions, but in people. And you know, a lot of People call Emmanuel Baptist home. It's their home church. It's where they serve and love. And a lot of people in the community know people from Emmanuel Baptist Church. Yeah. And, I, and I like to believe, and I think the general consensus is uh, 95% of the time, 
and we're not because we're not perfect. Right. Uh, that it's a good experience. Yeah. And if you have a neighbor or a coworker that's connected with a manual, that you generally that's a good person. Yeah, and that's a good neighbor. It's a good coworker. It's someone that you want living on your right hand or your left side. It's like State Farm, like a good neighbor. Like a good neighbor, we're there. Well, well, Zach and I both go there, and I know me. I love it. It's a great church uh, for not just me, but there's things for my kids, our family. Uh, my parents go there. My aunts and uncles go there. My cousins go there. Uh, so we really, really love the church, and uh, uh, we just actually celebrated 25 years. Zach actually created a documentary celebrating 25 years called Multiply Worship. You're yeah. welcome. It was a good job. You're welcome. You, that was great. If you I haven't it. seen it, go to – it's on our YouTube channel, right, Zach? Yes. It's on our YouTube channel, and it's on Emmanuel's uh, YouTube channel as well. We'll put a link but, in the comments. Yeah, we'll put It's a link. also on my YouTube channel, by the way. Yeah, let's put a link in the comments below so you can go watch that. It's very inspiring. It's amazing to see what God has been able to do in our community in 25 years, and uh, it will stir you. If you have any heart at all, it will stir you to see the amazing things that have happened. So it's definitely worth watching. It's about 25 minutes long, but it's really worth the watch, and I think you will enjoy that. Now... I know you got some new hires coming on. One of your associate pastors, uh, Pastor Josh Levesque, is actually going to start a church out of Emmanuel in Dearborn, Michigan. And so you brought some new employees on. Talk a little about some of your new staff that you got coming on. Yeah, well, we're excited. Josh has been on our staff for five years, and we're transitioning them to our church planning pastor in Dearborn, Michigan. Um, we're reproducing ourselves there. Um, but that's given us an opportunity organizationally to kind of go to the next level. And I know that's a theme of your podcast and your business. Yeah. Um, instead of just simply replacing an employee, because I think that's our, the easy way out. That's the easy way out. You're right. And, and every employee, especially we, we've always kind of taken the idea of we, we hire people and then create a position. Yeah. You want good quality people, high character um, in, for, in our context that love the Lord are passionate about the vision and mission that we're about. Um, and so, uh, so when one transitions out, you can't, it's hard to replace that person because they're so unique in their role. Um, so we're, we've taken this opportunity to kind of reorganize ourselves. I felt like we were at our capacity um, in a number of different ways in our, in our physical property. We're at our capacity. We need more seats. We need more, more space. Um, we've paid off our mortgage uh, two years ago. That's increased our financial capacity, mm-hmm. uh, but now our personnel capacity. So we brought on, uh, his brother, Jesse Levesque, yeah. um, which is kind of a typical hire for us because he's not another pastor. Yeah. Uh, he's actually a couple of classes short of an MBA. And so we're, I was telling Jordan before we started here, it's, it's a little bit different hire for us because normally we would bring someone in that's very uh, familiar or has been trained in church things. Right. Uh, and then we're going to kind of teach them all the business of the church. Right. And now we're bringing on someone that has the business side of it. And now I'm kind of familiarizing himself or training him in the in the nuances of church work. Well, and the good thing is he grew up in a pastor's home. So, oh, yeah. so he does have some, you know, uh, point of reference. But, yeah, it's awesome. And then uh, you got Brother Les coming on soon with the pastoral staff. So. Yeah, Les is in our launch position. Yeah. So we have a, a, a staff position that we're creating that's designed to launch men into ministry. Yeah. And so it's a two-year rotating position with, with the hope that he comes on and then goes and plants a church, pastors or churches, something like that. Yeah. So uh, a lot of exciting things going on at Emmanuel right now, but tell our audience a little bit, you know, a lot of people in our community watch our podcast. And so tell people about some of the exciting things happening right now, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, months at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Um, So we uh, just came through, you know, winter, we're in basketball season right now, we're almost done. Uh, And then our spring starts and we kick it off with an event called our Multiply Worship Missions Conference. 
Um, last year, we brought in, I think, 15 missionaries from our friends at Vision Baptist Missions. From all over the world. In Alfreda, Georgia. Yeah, they're, that's where home base is for them. It, it represented missionaries from across the globe. Uh, this year, we're bringing in a dozen of them. And these are people, these are people who have dedicated their lives to taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the uttermost mm-hmm. across the globe. And we want to partner with them. We want to support them. We want to pray for them. We want to be a part of their ministry. And it's part of our greater vision of multiplying the worship of Jesus Christ by multiplying the worshipers. And we want to do that to the uttermost. And I love uh, that the gospel, the power of it, we can change the world from Corona, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing to me. Now, that's not because while we love Corona, Corona is a dot on the map for most people in the world. But that's how big God is, that God can... Mm -hmm can change the, you can things that happen in Corona can change the world. Yeah. Of course, anyone that's from Shiawas County knows that. Yeah, absolutely. It's the epicenter. It's the epicenter. <laughs> it's the epicenter. Well, it really goes along with your whole philosophy of ministry, which is multiplying worship. Right. And as we've mentioned several times, we're all wearing our, one of our favorite brands, multiply worship. I got that. Jordan, Jordan's got <laughs> Still a hat. Is. Oh, he's got the multiply worship Ooh. hat there as well. He oh, likes yeah. to rock it backwards, you know? Um, but uh, that's move, kind Jordan. of your brainchild. <laughs> what, what do you what do you call these? Are our social influencers? Yes, yes. I mean micro yeah. influencer. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, but but multiple worship is kind of your brainchild. Uh, it's something that you kind of developed based on your philosophy of mystery, and we're going to mm-hmm. get talking about that. But Jordan, I think you know a little bit about multiple worship. Tell us a little bit about multiply worship. Yeah. <clears throat> Multiply Worship is an authentic lifestyle brand built to inspire everyone, every day, everywhere to multiply worship through branded products like Multiply Worship coffee and clothing. We are able to support the work. We are able to support the work of worship, multi-corporate, multi, multi. Try that, try that last line. Multiplication. Again. Yeah. Okay. Through the branded products. Through the branded products like multi. Oh my goodness. Through branded products like multiply worship coffee and clothing, we are able to support the work of mul- multiplication. Worship multiplication. Here we go. This is the take right here. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Through branded products like Multiply Worship Coffee and Clothing, we are able to support the work of worship multiplication around the world. Easy for you to say. All right. <laughs> so, Pastor Jay, we, we know we've, we've mentioned this now several times. Yep. And uh, so before we get into the brand, Multiply Worship, tell us what that phrase, that statement, multiplying worship means. I think for me, at the end of the day, it, it, it begins with this. Before you can know what to do, you got to know the why. Why, why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. And ultimately the why for me is Jesus Christ. Um, and revelation chapter four and verse 11 says he is worthy. Um, he is worthy. Uh, oh Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. Thou hast created all things for thy pleasure are, are they are, and were created. And so Jesus Christ is King and he is worthy of all our worship and more than my worship, he's worthy of worship that is multiplied. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that kind of defines who I am and what I'm about. And so we say it this way, to multiply the worship of Jesus Christ by multiplying the worshipers. And so in a given week, I have 168 hours. Um, worship is more than what you do on Sunday morning at 1030 for us. 2680 East Dead 21, <laughs> if you come join us. Uh, no, shameless, plug. shameless plug. Shameless plug there. Uh <laughs> Worship is more than what happens on Sunday morning. Worship is your entire life. The Bible says to do all to the glory of God. And so every hour, everything, this podcast is worship. Um, the way you go to work is worship. Your family, that's worship. That could all be done for God's glory. And at the end of the day, I have 168 hours that I could give to God. And so if I were to live my life perfectly, 
and dedicate every one of those hours to worshiping him, at the end of the day, he is worthy of more than that. Yep. He's worthy more to, of that. And so he's also given us a great commission to go and tell the nations, to tell the world uh, that he is God, to spread the gospel, the good news. And so when a person becomes a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, for the first time in their lives, they truly become a worshiper. A lot of people worship a lot of things. Um, they even worship religion. They worship the up, down, left, right, the, the, the motions of religion. But when you enter into a relationship with Jesus, then you really become a worshiper of his. Yeah. And so my passion, our passion, is not only to worship him in our lives, but to multiply his worship. Yeah. And that, is, that happens by spreading the good news of the gospel. So to multiply the worship of Christ by multiplying the worshipers informs us of why what we're doing. Uh, Jesus is the why, his worship, and then it's the what. And it informs us. It's our vision. Yeah. So I should be a multiplier. Zach should be a multiplier. Jordan should be a multiplier. We should all in our, and that's really sharing the gospel, yep. discipling people, teaching them to be multipliers. And if you see the logo, which is really cool, it's a crown, Christ is King, but it's an M and a W that makes the crown. So it's very good branding. I wish I would like to say that we designed the logo. I would love to say that, but actually Pastor Josh designed it. Yeah. It's his crown jewel, we would say. It's his, it's his crowning thing. achievement. Yes, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a great design, and the brand is awesome. And so... On top of the philosophy, you've kind of created this brand uh, to help people. Uh, the merch is really to help people identify with to say, hey, I'm a worshiper of Christ. I say it proudly. It's something that's nice. It's comfortable. It's stylish. But it's something also that identifies with people proudly that I am a, a worshiper of Jesus. Uh, but then you also have this multiply worship coffee. You and I are big coffee lovers. Mm. Um, and so we work with a local roaster to kind of make uh, coffee. Uh, I'll, I'll let you talk a little bit about the coffee, not just the quality of the coffee, because that's important, because if there's some coffee snobs out there, it's some of the best coffee you can buy. I promise you that. Speaking of coffee snobs. It's worthy. Real quick. Um, so we made you multi-worship coffee today. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you can guess which kind that is. Ooh, Ooh. which roast? There's Ooh. four kinds Ooh. to choose from. That's a great question. I was trying to ask it a lot, a lot earlier, but, you know, you're just going, man. <laughs> I'm a talker. Ooh, he's got to swish it around in his mouth. Swish it around. Get the little sniffing going. Uh, it is either the is, it the, is it the Adoniram? It's a trick question. It is not multiply worship coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Got him. <laughs> Are you serious? Dead actually, serious, man. Actually, it did You were taste, thinking that, weren't you? No, I was thinking there's something off yeah. about it. Uh, it, it you know, it's I'm not just, your coffee. It's not as smooth. It's not smooth. It's not as smooth. That's it. <laughs> yeah, dump that stuff out. <laughs> Here it is. I'll, well, your coffee's in beans, and we had some stuff that was already ground up, so I'm like... Uh, What's the easy way out? He took the easy way out. Exactly. That's why I do multiple times in life. Look for the easy way out and take it. <laughs> Come, it doesn't and make that, it doesn't make And a you're difference. gonna get there faster than everybody else. The whole reason we have Zach <laughs> on the podcast is to teach him not to take the easy way out. And he's right. learning. He's learning. Yeah. I'm uh, way ahead, so yeah. well so so Zach got you on the trick question there. But so the multiply worship coffee itself. Right, right. There's a philosophy behind why you sell coffee. It's not just because you enjoy it and you like it, but what's the Kind of the well, let me, coffee let, with a cause, I guess. Yeah, let me, so let me just talk about the brand, the bigger idea of the brand for a second. You know, we, we live in a branded society. Everyone has brands that they want to identify behind their brand. They've learned the importance of their brand. I mean, you've built a business around helping people develop their brand. Right. Um, and we've appreciated all your help and how you've helped us with that. And so we wanted, I wanted to create a brand that represented who we are about. I mean, there's a lot of things I could wear, but I don't know if they would represent really what I'm about. So I wanted something that would remind me every day of what my 
mission is, my purpose, my reason, uh, maybe opens up the door of opportunity. I mean, it's not, it's not um, conversion where, you know, you've seen kind of that kind of stuff that is supposed to intrigue a question. It's really more a daily reminder myself what I'm supposed to be about every day. So then we thought about, well, where are some products that we could do to do that? The apparel is one of that. Um, but then we're coffee lovers. And um, every church, it, regardless of your denomination and whatnot, what's, what's synonymous in every church is there's coffee. They serve coffee. Unfortunately, sometimes there's bad coffee yeah. <laughs> a lot of times. Uh, and I'm not wanna dis- I don't want to disparage that. Um, but we can, you know, churches have kind of wanted to improve in the coffee game. And so we took an opportunity to remodel in, in our church facility and, and, and dedicated a spot to this, a coffee counter. Uh, and through a partnership with a local roaster, was able to come up with some exclusive beans um, that represent uh, a coffee brand that, that is, uh, allows us to share the brand uh, th- with churches and other believers so that every day. And you're drinking your cup of coffee, you can remember what you're about. You know, I'm about multiplying the worship of Jesus Christ. What's cool about it is we've named them after what we would call the fathers of the modern missions movement. And so, uh, uh, Carrie, Hudson, Juts, uh, Adoniram, Adoniram um, Livingston. Livingston. Yeah, these were the, I call them the OGs. And they, these are the aw- original worship multipliers. The OMs. Yeah, the OMs. And so it's, it's a little homage to them. Yeah. Yeah. And then also you have a program where uh, you can buy coffee for your church, but some of the proceeds of the coffee actually go to support yeah. global missions. Yeah. So, so, uh, one in a number of different ways, the proceeds from the coffees go to support missionaries directly. The other thing that we do is we provide missionaries that are home on furlough and deputation with coffee. Right. Uh, and some, they drive a lot of miles. So if they want to use it to keep them, keep themselves caffeinated, that's fine. A lot of them give them away bags to pastors as gifts, just as thank you for hosting them. Or they might even sell them on their sell missions their table. table. Yeah, and, and keep all of it. Keep all of it. Yeah, keep all the, the money. To all the proceeds of Multiply Worship brand, the the clothing and the, the coffee, go to support worship multiplication. Yes. So it's a good brand. It's it's, it's great coffee. It's quality merch. And it helps you identify with something that is important to you, if that is something that's important to you. Um, and then it also, you're supporting missionaries. So it's a cool way to support missions, support multiplying worship. And uh, we love the brand. We love what you're doing with it. And uh, that's why we're wearing it. So well, and we wanted something that would hold its own. Like one of our goals with this brand is we uh, is we want our coffee not only to fit in churches, but we want to take it to coffee trade shows Yeah, and it stand on its own. Yeah. Stand on its own. It is really good quality coffee. So let's go back a little bit here. We know like what Emmanuel's doing today. It's a thriving, growing church. People are getting baptized like every couple of weeks. People are getting saved. We're adding people to the church. God is really blessing and it's a growing, thriving church right now. But let's talk about how you kind of got to there. How did you become the senior pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church? Yeah, so 1999, graduated from Pensacola Christian College, came to Michigan to start a church. Cindy and I, my wife, uh, started a church, Majesty Baptist Church, in the northern suburbs of Detroit in 2006. Pastor Levesque was starting an organization, I think he's been on the podcast, talk, called the Bible Nation Society. And I came back to come on staff to be the executive director of that, not planning on staying here in Shawasa County very long. Uh, this was going to be a pause. It sucks you in. You can't, uh, once you I couldn't leave, you can't yeah. Leave. Uh, I was planning only to pause here and a couple of years turned into multiple years, uh, which then brought up the topic of a transition change. 
and him and I worked together for about almost five years in preparation to transition our pastoral leadership, which is a critical moment in a church's history. Yeah. That's the ball can get fumbled. And a lot of churches really struggle with pastoral transition in it. And the devil, I've been, I've been through four pastoral changes and Emmanuel's is the only one I've been through where there wasn't like a mass exodus of people after the new pastor came in. And most of them were, there wasn't a mass exodus right away, but within the first six months, as people realized this is a new regime change and I don't like it just left. And we haven't experienced that at Emmanuel. So that, not yet, at least. <laughs> not yet. Well, <laughs> if coming. it happens now, it's all on me. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's not because of the transition. It's not because of the transition. So. Yeah, no, and I, listen, I credit a lot of Pastor Levesque, just the wisdom that he had and the, yeah. and the, and the humility and the in uh, orchestrating the transition. And we kind of came up with a vision and a plan, and then we stuck with it and saw it all the way through. And God really blessed that. And it really gave the church family a lot of confidence. They knew who they were getting. Yeah. Um, and really what, what he did, allowed uh, it allowed us... It's like we revved the engine with the parking brake on, and so that when we made the transition, we got through it real quick, uh, and there was some pent-up energy, and so the church started experiencing growth from the very first year, and every year, the last five to six years now, has been growth. Yeah. Um, we've grown physically, n- number-wise, uh, financially, in all the different categories. I was just going to say, from an outsider looking in, because I'm you know, kind of third party i have my own home church and everything but looking at emmanuel baptist like it's like wow that church is really doing awesome things they're growing they're you know god is really blessing that congregation so that's my two cents there i mean i can see it yeah praise the lord Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's it's, i think it's a good uh it's good for our community to be able to see that and there are you know probably close to a thousand people that would call emmanuel baptist church Mm -hmm. their home in shiawassee county their home church and that's just a reflection of what God is doing and what God continues to do. And um, so <clears throat> I think so, one of the things, the favorite things, kind of what Jordan was saying, that I enjoy hearing in the community is when people will go, oh, that's the church that's always doing something. Yeah. Because right. it's always busy. The right, parking lot is, right. you know, we have a Christian day school. Um, so there's 120 people on campus every single day. Um, the calendar is full. There's mm-hmm. always something going on, and that communicates vibrancy in life. Right, and there is a lot of life. The whole community can see you guys are very active and involved in, in many areas, and we're right on the main drag. Yeah, so you that's can't, huge. If you leave Owasso, you can't. If you're headed towards you know Genesee County, Flint, you can't help but pass us. And so you see the parking lot's always full, always got something going on. Um, but to me, you know, we, I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday. Pastoring is not a career; it's a calling. Mm-hmm. It's a calling. Now, obviously, it's what you're doing for your career, but it's not a career choice. It's not like, well, I think I'll be a pet. Now, some people, we would call them a hireling, <laughs> uh, do just choose a career path. Uh, I, they, they see a way that they can make money and, and lead people and maybe even have good intentions. But in my heart, I believe 100% based on what the Bible says that pastoring is not a career. It's a calling. And so at what point in your life and, and, and at what point in your life did you start to think you were called to be a pastor and, and and why? Well, we'll get into the why for a second. But what point in your life did you start uh, thinking that you were called to be a pastor? Yeah, and in uh, high school, I was I really enjoyed science, actually marine biology. Where was high school? San Antonio, Texas. Texas. William Howard Taft High School. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't said the word San Antonio yet. Yeah, that no, usually I'm a, flows through your conversation. I'm a Texan. Got to play some. It, so the backstory and being the big guy. All my exes live in Texas. Yes. So. <laughs> Uh, the backstory of being a big guy was got to play some Texas football, 
uh, a little bit. And so, uh, which is like religion there. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. But, uh, where were we going? <laughs> uh, you were saying, Oh, how's it calling? Yeah. Calling. Yeah. So I went to Pensacola Christian college. It's the only co- Christian college I knew existed. And, uh, I'd actually spent a summer interning or just working in a church, helping out at a church here in Michigan over in Port Huron, um, decided to go to Pensacola Christian. The second semester I was there, we have open revival services. And, uh, I heard someone preaching, uh, and I remember thinking to myself, man, that'd be fun to do someday and had never had that thought before. Yeah. Um, and went back to my dorm room and was really struggling with not struggling, but just contemplating that and, uh, tried to call some friends. No one answered the phone, which was good. I was hoping my senior roommates were in the room that I could talk to them. No, they weren't there. It was just me and God. And, uh, the Lord brought me to this Bible verse, Joshua chapter 24 and verse 24. And it says uh, that the children of Israel heard the voice of God and obeyed. And I really took that as, you know, God was speaking to me and I, the, his calling was clear and I just needed to obey. And so I, I didn't struggle with it. Um, and remember if I had a conversation with God in those moments was if I'm going to do this, you got to go with me, yeah. which was a silly, like, of course he's going to go with us. But that was my heart. Uh, and then from that day, just never doubted that this is what God has called me to do, um, which gives confidence. You know, when you're doing what you're called to do, that's what gets you through the hard days. That gets you through the days of doubt. That gets you through the days when you, when, when the statistics or the circumstances ought to tell you to quit. Yeah. Your calling tells you to keep going. Right. Keep going. And what a, if you have found calling in your life, you're blessed. You are blessed. If you are doing what you know you were designed to do, you are blessed. You yeah. have found it. Yeah. Uh, because then you never go to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're winning. Well, I will tell you, like, for me, you know, Pastor Jay is one of my best friends. Probably my best friend. Yeah. I, I don't want to say it because that's kind of a compliment. kind of a compliment. One of my best friends. All right. There's others. <laughs> but uh, to have your best friend uh, now become your pastor it stinks. I was like, that was, that was a little bit of a challenge. There's a little bit of a challenge. Like, you know, and I will say, you know, and this is going to get uncomfortable because, uh, here we go into the compliment world. And this really isn't a compliment. It's just a reflection of God's calling in his life. Um, so I'm not going to count it as a compliment, but I'm going to give God all the credit on this one. I gotcha. (laughs) But, um, no, I, I just think for me, you know, it has been a seamless transition for me as, as I knew that my, friend was going to become my pastor. I'm like, well, man, you know, I, I really respect the office, so I'm going to respect him. But, but it hasn't even been a challenge because he is the real deal. He is all about worshiping Christ. That's his life. His life is ordered around it. His family is ordered around it. It's not just something he does on Sundays. It's not something he's playing. He's not playing a character. He's not playing a role. And I think the reason God is blessing our church is because his man that he called to this specific place has answered that call, responded to that call, and is trying his best every day to, to be obedient to the things that God has told him to do, regardless of what society says, regardless of what's going on in the world. He's determined to do what's right and to follow God. And so for me to follow his leadership, obviously I follow God as well, but God has put him as the under-shepherd in my life. It has not been difficult at all. And so I appreciate, Pastor Jay, your true apparent calling and it not being a career in your life, but this is your life and living it and being it. I've had some pastors in my life, especially as a young man, that uh, they weren't living it. It was a Sunday thing. And seeing that growing up uh, was tough sometimes. And so I appreciate the authenticity. And to listen to him 
if you ever want to hear someone that really has a heart for our community, that genuinely has it, not just words or lip service that want to tell you what you want to hear, but will literally shed tears talking about our community, call him up, ask him to go to coffee with you, and this man loves Shiawassee County. This man loves Owasso and Corona and all of their surrounding areas and is giving his life to it. And so we appreciate that. Such an asset to our community, such a blessing to have you here. And we are just going to continue to pray that God continues to bless the church and use you in that work. So me, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. That's publicly. That's the best you're this ever going to get. This is yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm feeling bad because well, before we started the podcast, I came in here and like gave you the three things that didn't happen last night at yeah, church. And I wasn't even there. I wasn't even there. So so <laughs> yeah, I was, I was riding right. on you. That's all right. It's got to happen. What do you mean you weren't there? I wasn't there last night. You told us you were going there, didn't you? Yeah, I was. When you left here? Yep, I did. I got Where'd home. you go, Tony? <laughs> well, I got home and my daughter was sick. And oh. So I told my wife, I said, well, you stay home with the kid. I'll go. But she works in our patch mm. club. And there was, other, I guess, two other people out. So she couldn't not be there. So Sounds like a made-up story. Defacto. Well, but the cool thing <laughs> is, while, like while he was not able to be there physically, which we find a lot of people today, yeah. he was able to connect with us virtually. I was. Hey, and well. so you can get all our, we're streaming everything, uh, yeah. platforms, uh, Facebook, you know, our website. Yeah. And we're so glad that AZ Business Solution helps us with that. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. M- producing a quality broadcast. Quality broadcast. And it's getting better every single day. So from Texas, never probably thought you'd end up in Shiawassee County, but here you are. Um, but, but we're going to, before we start to talk a little bit about 2020, because always at the end of our show, we talk to our guests about 2020 and how their organization responded to it. We have this little segment on our show that we started here in season three called Explain That Post. Oh, no. So we did a deep dive uh, on your Facebook. You don't post a lot. Mm-mm. We found something that I think deserves a little explanation. So, Zach, you want to pull that up for him? Yeah, I got it right here. Um, this is you. I'll just show it to you. <laughs> Ooh. So, this is you wearing a, a dress. Y'all went deep. A dress and a we went. Wig. Oh, yeah, of course we went deep. You guys went look deep. like you're from the 1700s there. We went deep. Why little, are you dressed like this? Yes. So, uh, it, can they see that picture? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, screen, yep. yeah. So, that's from our 1776 Sunday. Yeah. And so, it be, it's become... How many years have we been doing this, <clears throat> Tony? Four or five. Four years. or five years. You did it your first year as senior pastor. Yeah, first year. None of us understood what was going on. The first year, we're like, why are we dressing up? What, what is craziest this thing idea? But it's turned into this really cool thing. It is really cool, and we're going to make it even cooler this year. Seventeen seventy six Sunday. Uh, it's it's an annual Sunday that we have. It's the Sunday before Fourth of July that we celebrate um, the freedoms that we have here in America and uh, our founding um, by. Christian principles. And yeah. so we talk a little bit about uh, the founders and our founding principles. Um, we celebrate the freedom that we have here, um, pr- primarily the freedom of religion. And, and when you think about the First Amendment, the, the First Amendment, the first freedom listed in the First Amendment, it's not freedom of speech, it's the freedom of religion. Right. And that's what makes America special. Right. That's what that, at the end of the day, that is what makes us different. Because at the core of the idea of the freedom of religion, is that government cannot stand between you and your God. Right. That, you, that you're going to have to meet your maker and that, you, that government ought to exist to protect and preserve your ability to live your life according to the dictates of your conscience. And that's why government exists. Uh, and so 1776 Sunday is a celebration of those ideas celebration of those freedoms it's an exercising of that and so it's a sunday i um i uh will 
my sermon will be comprised of, uh, I, I'm dressed up in, I don't know if that's quite yes. period. <laughs> so it's not a reenactment. Yes. Because a re- like real reenactors would be offended by what we do. Yes. It, it's costumes. <laughs> it's, <Right>. it's costumes. <laughs> right. Uh, but it, so it's in the spirit of, it's right. in the spirit, spirit of. Spirit of 1776. Yeah, the spirit of 1776. I preach a revolutionary war sermon because uh, if you study the history of the revolution, it was birthed in the pulpits mm-hmm. and the pulpits were aflame. And that's how people got their information back then. Right. That's before social media and CNN. You went to church and that's how you got information. That's what really defines your worldview right. and your politics. And so it, pastors, the, yeah, pastors. Yep. And so the pulpit was political at the very beginning. It ought to be political now. Yeah. Uh, there's no bounds on the pulpit. Uh, and so I'll take excerpts from Revolutionary War sermons, and I kind of piece that together uh, to have a message that's celebrating our liberty that we find in Christ. Uh, and then we have a, a reenactment, uh, and we have probably what, what 120, 150 yeah. uh, people dressed up. But we have you know 40 or 50 people out on the battlefield, yeah. and every year we celebrate uh, the British. The Redcoats lose. The Redcoats lose every every year. year. They yeah. lose every year, and so it's it's just awesome. America. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's America. A fun day for the family, and that's not a bad word, right? America, right? We're all Americans, yeah. uh, and we are all benefiting from what that generation of men did. Yeah, and they stood for some principles, uh, and they understood tyranny. They understood when their rights were being infringed, and they pledged their sacred honor, and um, they 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 made a stand to change the world. Well, a lot of pastors would say, and I know we. We, you didn't start 1776 as any re- 1776 Sunday as a response to what's happening with our freedoms today. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it's something we've been doing for five years. I happen to have a lot more, maybe in a lot of people's mind, a lot more significance or meaning this last year. Also, afterwards, we do a big fireworks display, which was awesome. Uh, we had, what, 5,000 people from the community yeah, that was last year. show up last year uh, in, in the surrounding parking lots, you know, and uh, the family farm and home parking lot, Home Depot, Myers. Meyer, yep. all down the street to watch an amazing fireworks display. Our, our guys really took it up a notch probably because they weren't able to do a lot of fireworks last year. But 1776 says it wasn't like a response to that. It was something we've been doing for a while. But there are a lot of pastors that would say adamantly that politics do not belong in the pulpit. You just said it should be. Why would you say that? Well, because the pulpit stands on the authority of the word of God and the word of God ought to inform every area of our lives. And politics is what people think, right? Th- that's what politics is. And so from politics comes policy. And so the Bible ought to inform our policy. And so where else are people going to be able to hear a biblical worldview? What does God say about this? What is God's perspective? And now it's our responsibility as citizens to then translate that into good policy. Um, we say we're a Christian nation, and I don't say that because we want um, Christianity to be enforced by the the letter of the law. We're actually against that. Right. We're against that. that that's and as Baptists, we're against that principle. We we want the gospel to be promoted not by the tip of the sword or by not by the legislative pen, but by the power of God. Right. And so we just want freedom. Right. We we want the freedom to be able to preach the gospel, and I believe in. In the free market of ideas, all things being equal, no no help, no hindrance. So our school and our church takes zero help from the government, zero assistance. And we're eligible for Not things. Not even free school. milk. Not even free milk. <laughs> <clears throat> don't help us, don't hurt us. But in the free market of ideas, I believe the gospel wins every time. Yeah. It will, it will, it will win every time. Uh, and so remind me, get me back to that question as I just rabbit trailed. 
Uh, well, we were just talking about. I don't even remember the exact. Question. Oh, you're just saying politics that, in the pulpit. Politics oh, politics. Yeah, pulpit. yeah. A lot of pastors would say no, no. Yeah, yeah. So, it doesn't belong there. Yeah. So, so you know, where we are preaching principles, not promoting personalities. I was alliterated. Did you do that on purpose? I did it on purpose. <laughs> uh, if you listen to you me, can't, you, you can't, can't help, help it. it. Can't help it. Preaching you know, principles, not promoting personalities. Yeah. And so, you know, I and I've been very clear about that. And so we. Uh, I don't. It doesn't matter who the politician is. If you are espousing a good principle, we're going to support that. If you're espousing a bad principle, we're going to call that out and we say that's not right. That right. we ought to be principally against that. Right. We ought to be principally against that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also very, very sensitive and very determined that even that Christians that the, and the, the Christian movement is not co-opted by personalities. Right. We only follow one personality, right. and that is Jesus Christ. Right. He's our king. Yep. Um, a, a president doesn't define us. Right. Uh, a, a politician isn't our leader in that right. sense. Right. Now, he might lead us politically. He might lead the country politically. We might find a politician who has more things that we support than we disagree with. And um, But at the end of the day, there's only one person that we follow. And so what we're promoting from the pulpit are policies. Mm-hmm. We're, we're promoting good principles. Biblical, I mean, principles that then turn into policy. Yeah. yeah. And so, that, and I think the pulpit ought to be full of that. And we ought not be afraid. If the pulpit will not speak to the issues of today, then who will? Exactly. Because mm-hmm. if you turn on the media, there isn't a single media outlet that's going to give you a biblical perspective or has a biblical worldview. And so even if they report accurate information, which is hard to find, it's still going to have a skewed humanistic worldview. And so where else will people hear what the Bible has to say about these things? I mean, of course, they can study for themselves. But the pulpit needs to be that. You know, the Bible says, where will they hear without a preacher? And I know that's referring to the gospel, but I think that is in relation to the things that are happening in society and in the world and culture. And I appreciate that Emmanuel has not uh, veered away or steered away from uh, speaking the truth and those things, sometimes to a lot of criticism that they would, but they've been willing to stand on it, not opinion-based, but here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says about these things, and here's... Uh, if you're a true follower of Christ, here's how you should be responding to what's going on in the world. So let's go back. Oh, let, 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 well, let me, let me, because you kind of hit on like some, like Emmanuel might receive criticism. Right. Well, first of all, we don't, we don't exist for the compliments or the criticisms of, of the world. Right. We're living for, the, for, we're living for the glory of God. Right. So we don't steer the ship that way. Um, but I am absolutely convinced that Jesus Christ is God. With every fiber in my body, Jesus Christ is God. I think the people that attend Emmanuel are convinced. We're convinced that he has revealed himself in the word, the Bible. So he has, that's his word. That's not man's words. It's, those are God's words. And they're powerful words because those are the, it's the mind of God, the very thoughts of God. And so when anyone would look at Emmanuel, you should come to this one, this one assumption that we are living out the logical conclusion of our faith. And that's where we're at. Yeah. It's, if you believe that Jesus is God and you believe he has revealed himself in his word, then now we're just, now our pursuit is what does that word say? What does the Bible say? And then to live that out to the best of our ability, mm. not perfectly. Yeah. It, we're, we're incapable of doing it perfectly by his power. That's our quest every day to live the truths of God's word to the best of our ability. Yeah. Well, I, um, I know that, you know, the, all of these topics are so heightened right now 
because of what's happening in mm -hmm. our nation. Uh, 2020 brought something that none of us have ever seen in our lifetime. Uh, and obviously a global pandemic that shook the world to its core, right? And then the response to that pandemic has been crazy. Mm. It's been crazy. And, you know, of course, there's been politicians involved making it a political thing. There's been politicians doing power grabs, trying to take, you know, control of things. And there's a lot of opinions and perspectives on what happened and why they happened. And I'll let you talk about your opinion on some of those things. But we know that uh, at the beginning of this thing, back in March, there was a stay-at-home order. And then there was a list given of essential businesses or organizations. And I know it was different by state. Our governor here uh, has signed over 220 executive orders since then. Since her executive orders got rescinded by the Supreme Court, now she's using the health department to do their, what's called emergency orders. Um, but the church has certainly been affected by that. I don't believe here in Michigan there was ever a point where they said the church had to close. Is that correct? Yeah, there was. And uh, there was at the very beginning an exemption. There was, and it really wasn't an exemption as much as from the very beginning there was. This does not. It's not going to be enforceable upon churches. Right. So there was really never here in the state of Michigan a mandate from the government that churches had to close down. Now there was a threat. There was a pressure. And there was a capacity limit. Yeah, well, yeah. well I, but there, there were there were guidelines to be followed. Yeah, yeah, there were guidelines to be followed, but there was never an express order to that churches. churches had to be shut down. Right uh, now, there was a lot the grand of overtures that, like you know, you ought to shut down. Yeah, uh, you ought to not open. You ought not meet in uh, ought meet in person. Yeah, so you know, I'll let you talk about Emmanuel's response to all that. What what did Emmanuel do when when everybody went home? They said for two weeks, right? We're going to go home for two weeks, and we all thought, well, that's reasonable. Right. There's a global pandemic. Let's all go home for two weeks. We work from home. Let's only go out when we have to. I mean, that seems like a reasonable response. And everybody, I think, was on board with that. Obviously, we know from there it got much more than two weeks and we're still in it. Um, and I think some people had the fear that it wasn't going to just be two weeks, but that was a reasonable request. But what was a manual as a church, as an organization? What was their response to what was happening at that time? Well, I, I think we had just finished our missions conference last year, yeah. next week. You know, we're now the school's shutting down. Schools are shutting down. We shut down our school. Yeah. In-person school. We, we, we followed, we went along with the pattern uh, there because at that time we were, we didn't know what we were dealing we with. no idea. Um, and so we took the vi virus seriously. The vi there is a virus. Yeah. Uh, and it, people do get sick from it. Um, and so we took it seriously. We didn't know what the scope was. We didn't know what the intensity was. And so we started taking our own precautions but in any moment of crisis, and that's what this became, uh, a matter of crisis of conscience, you have to resort to your principles. What is the guiding principle here? Mm -hmm. what, is, what is the core value that then informs me on what I ought to do? And so there was two ideas. First of all, the Bible commands us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so there is a natural gravity. The very definition of the New Testament church is to be local, to be visible, to assemble. The, the word church in the New Testament appears 114 times. And its very definition is a called out assembly. Right. Uh, uh, it's used one time, not the word ecclesia is used one time. And it, it's meaning it meant a political gathering. Yeah. So it is the idea of physically assembling together. Right. So the church is defined by assembly. By coming together, by ex by exercising itself that way, um, but but not only 
Uh, and so there was the, 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 the principle of assembly, but there was also the principle that no one can come between us, a man and his conscience. And so, you know, understanding that it's not right for a government to tell an individual how they can worship God. They have to worship God by the dictates of their own conscience. And so Emmanuel approached this season um, with a principled approach that valued the, the safety of our church people. We wanted to make sure as we were trying to ascertain what was going on. Uh, and so as we got into the midst of March, we, we went to drive-in church services. Yeah, I remember that. We had six, six of them, uh, six Sundays, three. And I think once we knew what our guiding principles were, once we knew right. that, okay, we're, we're, we gotta be, we, the momentum has to be towards assembly, the, the, the principle has to be that, that um, we have to worship God by the dictates of our conscience, making full knowledge of what we are doing. Uh, we then, became, then came the strategic decisions. How do we strategically move the organization in that direction? Right. Because at this time, um, in those first couple of weeks, uh, regardless if we closed the church or not, which we never did, our attendance, <clears throat> people were staying home. Right. And we were upping up our social game and we were upping up our, our broadcasts and all those kind of things because we realized um, rightfully so. And we told people, if you do not feel comfortable, stay home. But we're right. going to, there's going to be a continuation. I, I think that was one of my ideas was continuity. We got to right. have continuity. We got to keep going. Uh, but then the strategic decision came about that understand, all right, we got to start leading people back this direction. So we had drive in church. Yeah. And for six that, weeks? That was. That was a success bigger than we could have ever imagined. Yeah. It, the, the, because people were so hungry to get together. So people stayed in their car. I was on a, on a scissor. I was on a, not a scissor lift, a, a lift. A and I'm afraid lift. of heights. Yes. Uh, you preaching. Were up high. I was up high preaching. Uh, and as we were doing that, our goal was we're not going to surrender Easter. Right. Easter was coming. Because what is Easter? It, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're celebrating victory over death. Right. So how can we? Do, how could we allow the fear of death to stop us from the victory, from the celebration yeah. of victory over conquering death? death? Yeah, conquering <laughs> death. Uh, so, so we said we're not going to surrender Easter, and so we had probably the greatest Resurrection Sunday service that we've, yeah, at least in attendance wise. At Emmanuel, it's ever like almost five hundred cars, right? Yeah, there was over six hundred. There was they couldn't count over six hundred people. Yeah, I mean there were people in our parking lot, they're in the bank parking lot, they were all over the place. Of course, we were broadcasting this on an FM transmitter as well, so people could kind of be far away within a mile of the church. Yeah, and so we had a glorious Resurrection Sunday, and, and then and there, and there were a lot of people watching online as well. It was huge. It was huge, and that really kind of allow us to. Um, seize the momentum again, or, or here were these circumstances that were being thrown at us. And now we adjusted the sales and we, we were starting to make momentum in leadership. One of my biggest things is momentum, Mm -hmm. momentum, momentum. And and that we were losing it. I mean, COVID just stopped everyone in its tracks. And so one of the very first things that I was most concerned about was like, how do we regain momentum and drive in church was a tool that the Lord allowed us to use to recapture the momentum, right? It got everyone from running away to turning back and, well, I can do that. I can can go to church in a car and sit there and be safe. And so that's what we did. And then after that, um, 
Then we spent three more weeks outside, and the focus of that was knowing we're, we have to come back in. Right, right. And so it was leading the congregation that way. Yeah. Well, no, it was, it was incredible to be a part of, and it was amazing to see what was happening. And uh, I know, you know, at some point we then had people start coming back in the building. We had the chairs all distance apart. We still to this day are doing a touchless service, meaning we don't pass offering plates. We have the words up on the screen, so you don't have to touch uh, the, the hymnals, if you don't want to, you can. Hand sanitizer stations everywhere. There's ample room for you to distance from people if you want. People show up in masks. Some, most do not, but some do, and it's totally fine. But we are and drive-in church. We still are now offering drive-in church and online. And every Sunday, there's people in the parking lot. Right. Every single Sunday, and uh, and, and we're still doing. Uh, we still have quite a few people watching online, and still the church in number is growing on the inside as well. So, so let me say something about that. We are not trying to be rebels. What we are trying to do is provide people all the choices so that they can make a decision for themselves. Right. So we have in-person, we have drive-in, and we have uh, online. You participate at the level that God wants you to participate in. And that's our guiding principle. Right. Our guiding principle is that you have the freedom of conscience. And if God wants, if you feel like this is what I need to do, then you have the freedom to be able to do that. Right. And so it, it's Imagine not about a world where people can make their own decisions. And that's what adults. we're, and that's what we're preserving. <laughs> that's that seems, yeah. that seems unreal right now. Make your, yeah. make your own informed decision. And listen, we didn't, you know, as people came back into the building, I made it very clear that virus is real. We're going to take precautions. You're, you're assuming a risk. You're, you're assuming a, uh, you're making a, an adult decision. And, uh, right. you know, we didn't, we didn't believe that we were like, had some, um, force field around us or something like that. Right. You know, no, we just made a conscious decision with the information that we had in front of us. Well, I've heard you refer to this way as the playbook has been written. Yep. We're just following the playbook. What do you mean by that? Well, like the word of God informs us on what we ought to do. Right. And so even in the moments of crisis, um, we're not reinventing it. We're, right. we're simply executing the playbook that the Lord has given us. And so these are these founding principles. I are these, are these biblical principles. I, I think COVID has been hard COVID for us. COVID has been more work. Yeah. Which is all right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with hard work. It's nothing wrong with working hard. The, the challenge of COVID or, and I, and I, I want to make sure I'm careful the way I say this, the, the part that has been like, um, uh, intense, is church work is normally has a pattern to it. Yeah. It's almost like a NASCAR race sometimes. Yeah. You're always taking left-hand turns. And COVID got us off the racetrack. Right. And now we're driving the ship. We're leading the ship, and we're making right-hand turns and left-hand turns. Right. And so as a leader, uh, it's like you're in the game. And so to exercise leadership uh, was, was uh, exciting. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not saying COVID is exciting. I'm saying the opportunity to lead was exciting. Right, right, right. Well, I know that it's not uh, the nature of a manual to kind of be reactive to things. We're a very proactive church. We do, like you said, we follow the playbook. This is what God told us to do. So we're going to do that in some way, form, or fashion. And But there were a couple of uh, comments that we saw. I don't know if you saw them. I saw them through different social media feeds where people had their opinions about what was happening at Emmanuel. Particularly with the driving church, there were several comments. Not several. I, I saw two different comments. People said, "Oh, that's the church that doesn't care about people and that they're trying to kill people by telling them to come to a parking lot and 
stay in their own car and like, and my response to that was the world is worried about saving people from COVID and Emmanuel is focused on saving people from hell. And I know that wasn't necessarily the church's exact, that was my response to that. But what would you as the pastor say to someone that said, Emmanuel doesn't care about people or care about people losing their lives? Hmm. What profiteth a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That's what the Bible says. Amen. And I said earlier that we are living out the logical conclusion of our faith. And so we sincerely believe that a person without Christ is destined for an eternity separated from God in a place called hell Mm -hmm. that the Bible describes. And that our most imperative message is to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, especially during times of crisis. Mm -hmm. And so COVID caused our community to confront death. Yeah. And we're still confronting that. Our world, really. Our world. Yeah. But I'm talking about our community. Yeah. <clears throat> they were being faced with their own mortality. Things that we talked, we, that we did very casually, now had the air of, I could die. Right. And how do you live in that world unless you have a proper perspective on what death is? Right. What it means. And more than death, what life is. And life is found in Christ. And... And he, is, he came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. Mm-hmm. And so um, COVID doesn't c- cause us to stop living. And so if, if you are us, if you're me, and you believe that Jesus is God and you believe his word is true, every word of it, then the most compassionate thing you can do is in every, vehicle, every method possible to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm. If that's what I really believe. Right. And that's what I really believe. Right. And so as the, as the community was facing the crisis of death or having that air over them, the best thing we knew how to do was as loud as possible, proclaim life, mm. Pro- proclaim life and proclaim life in, Jesus. Uh, in Jesus. And so we love, we love this community. How, how, how could we not love you? I, I don't, I, yeah. I, I get the, I get the sentiment of that. Yeah. It comes from a, it comes from a worldview that is a, not a biblical worldview. Right. And it's a clash of two different worldviews. Correct. And I get it. Well, the only other thing I wanted to mention is I heard, I I saw the comment several times is it's our responsibility as Christians, because the Bible teaches in Romans 13 to obey them that are in power, to obey them that have rule over you. Uh, And so a lot of churches said, if the governor says we're not to do this, then for us to, to disobey that law or order, Mm-hmm. that we were truly being not biblical. What would your response be to that? Well, we got to have a little bit of a civics class because I, I do agree with that principle. And if we had a king, then we, then we would, that principle would come more into line. But the governor is not a king right. or a queen. She's an elected official who derives her power from we the people. Right. So the higher authority, first of all, there is no authority above God's authority. Right. And the apostles even said, we'd rather obey God than man. Yeah, I mean, the apostles got stoned for doing what they're right. told them not to do. So, so regardless, when there's any human authority that would give you an instruction that's in conflict with what you believe that God wants you to do or God's authority, you have to obey God's authority. But even underneath that, uh, underneath that, um, the higher authority here in America is we the people. Right. And we the people, and that, and that is codified in the Constitution of the right. United States. And the that governor consti- works for us. The governor works for us. And so... And the Supreme Court has validated this. And it took a barber to 
protests. It took a barber to push it all the way through. Yeah. You know, you know, kudos to Carl Mankey. Yeah. <clears throat> kudos, so to Carl, kudos to Carl because, you know, he, he saw the principle. Uh, you can question motive. I'm not here to question a man's motives. Right. I just know what principle he was standing on. Uh, and it was proven right. Yeah. It, it was proven right. Uh, and so, so the idea is the higher authorities, she, she's authority so long as she operates within the bounds of her authority. Right. The Constitution. So are you saying that the Bible means um, that the Bible would like mean different things to different nations then? Well, so well, different. The Bible's principles are true. Different nations represents different circumstances. You know, so if I was a missionary in China, okay, and I'm in communist dictator China, well, that's a different, you're not going to exercise the same sort of liberties that we have here in America. Right. And so this is kind of the, 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 the thing that we are working out here in America because we do have liberties. And at what point does, you know, where does our Americanism and our, how does our Americanism and our Christianity work together? Right. Now, they're two separate things. I don't follow. We're not Christians because we're Americans. Right. You're a Christian because you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're an American because you were born in this country. But those we live in this country that has given us these freedoms, that has espoused these freedoms, recognizes these rights. Uh, and so then we have to we, we there's a stewardship that is required of Bible believers to exercise the liberties in which God has given us, the right. freedoms. Mm-hmm. And then we have these freedoms, and we have to exercise them here and, and steward them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so if you were, like, in a dictator country, you would have to say, well, listen, unless that dictator told you to do something contrary to the word of God. And so then you would have to stand up for the word of God, but then be willing to pay the consequences of that. Right. Interesting. Well, you know, <clears throat> I, I think that's a great perspective. I mean, and, uh, you know, I understand where churches are and, and why Maybe some pastors think that or feel that way. And, and I'm thankful for the leadership of you and the pastoral staff at Emmanuel that has just determined to follow the playbook and not be reactive. Um, certainly have not, in my opinion, showed any lack of compassion, quite the contrary. Um, and I think that in our region, really, Emmanuel has kind of led the charge in a lot of ways. We've had a lot of pastors and churches reach out to us to see what we're doing. Um, because if anything, they know that we're principled on the Bible. And... Uh, so I guess, and, and I'm for pastors. Yes, every pastor pastors a different congregation with a unique set of circumstances. Right, and so our actions is not to be taken as uh, uh, an accusation or an indictment against other pastors. Right. We're for them. Right. It, it's it's hard, and I understand the challenges. We have just been privileged to be in a position to have the liberty to lead in some areas. Uh, liberty because of our, maybe because of the the, forti- the conviction of our principles, but also liberty because of our congregation. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we've been opened up, but it's not. Be- I didn't have to. There was you have to persuade the people. pressure to come in was greater than the pressure to stay out in, with our congregation, mm-hmm. and that's as, that speaks to the testimony and the testament of the people of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Yeah, and so Emmanuel, it's not me, it's them. Yeah, and. They love the Lord, and they're serious about serious God's word. About they're just serious about it. Yeah. And so these are these are people that have an, a, a God-informed conscience, and then they're serious about their faith. And um, they're, they're, if there's someone that needs to get some accolades, if, they're, if there's the applause that needs to go to someone, it's the people. Yeah. It's the people of Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's not me. Yeah. Um, they make 
me look good. Yeah. And they make leading them easy. Well, I'm, I'm certain that there were times, even as a leader, that you felt like, man, am I doing the right thing here? And uh, I know we've talked a lot about how you, you, you've told me personally that there were times where even you were thinking, man, am I leading the people in the right direction? And you told me about your commitment to just stay in God's word, stay in prayer, follow his direction, and that he would work out all the details. But I know we've been a while here. We could talk about this forever. I know you have a staff meeting to get to. so I am long-winded. I, I just want to ask one last thing, and then we're going to do our little say it in 60. So hopefully you're ready for that. But um, what would be some good advice? You know, uh, pastors in other states have, have actually had specific rules that if your church is open, you're going to get fined every day. And, and so a lot of pastors have had to deal with that, which is another level of what we had to deal with. But what would be some advice or encouragement you'd give to pastors in our community and in our state and in our nation of what they should be, you know, maybe looking at right now to do with their body? With their congregation? Their congregation, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, get in the word, get a clear vision and conviction for you, for what you believe God wants you to do. Don't lead until you have that. Don't lead until you have clear direction, a a confidence, a conviction that you know what the guiding principle is that the Bible is informing you in order to lead your congregation and then pray for the wisdom to come up with a strategic plan. Um, sometimes we have a great idea, but the execution, it's all an execution, right? It's all an execution. Right. And that's the same thing with churches. Uh, and it's the same thing with businesses. Someone, how many businesses have a great idea, but poor execution. Right. And so there's a way to execute it and you got to know how to execute that within your congregation, but lead. Yeah. I, I, I think, the, I think the end of the day, my advice to pastors would be lead. Don't be led. Yeah. Don't, don't listen, listen, don't listen to the wrong voices. Yeah. And that's the problem. Don't, don't listen to the wrong voices. Listen to the voice of the shepherd. Yeah. Lead. Somebody who has no biblical perspective or worldview should not influence the opinion of what a pastor should do with God's church. <laughs> and uh, I think that a lot of pastors have been more afraid of what the public perception would be to the people that would never even visit their church, but will certainly have an opinion about it. I mean, the people that gave some really harsh opinions about us are people that would never come on a normal day. And so to allow those opinions to drive what you're doing with God's church, that's not your church, uh, is really, to me, a mistake. And uh, so anyways, well, listen, I appreciate... We're, oh, we're not defined... Our Christianity, our church, is not defined by the critics or the culture. It's defined by the scripture. Yeah. And that's, that's it. That's and good. so the, the, the culture and the community has an idea of what they would want us to be. There's an expectation. We get phone calls all the time of people presuming upon the church what a church ought to do yeah but uh, they don't get to define the church right the lord defines the church yeah we're going to do a little segment we call say it in 60 you can win a 25 dollar gift card to one of our local businesses if you can answer all these questions in 60 seconds so go ahead and spin the wheel to these see are what great you're these are for. great places they are. they are these are great places Let's i love what... i love local i love local Johnny V's. Oh, really? Johnny <laughs> V's. I think he yeah. Johnny V's. His favorite. He loves We could barbecue. do a whole other podcast <laughs> about this. real Michigan we could, barbecue. We could yes. do a whole other podcast about real Michigan. Shout out Kevin Dietrich. Yes. Love what you're doing. Yes. Real Michigan barbecue. All right. So for a $25 gift card to Johnny V's Real Michigan barbecue, 
We need it. Zach's got a 60 second timer. So is the key here what I say or the key to get done in 60? The key is to get done in 60 seconds. Okay, so these I, are your answers. There's no. But wrong if you answer. say some good stuff, then we'll. No, clip but this I'm saying we'll, is the way you lose is by not not getting yes, done in 60. Correct. Not right. answering all the questions. Not answering. The, I, I'm just going to throw and stuff out there. And if you give good answers, I got to get we'll the barbecue. Make this its own standalone <laughs> clip. Risk it. Risk it for the brisket. brisket. That's right. <laughs> okay, that's not that's not theirs, but he can get it. Put that as all right. All right, Risk it for the brisket. 60 seconds are on the clock. Yep. You ready? I'm ready. And are you ready? Time starts now. What is a must-read book? Extreme Ownership by Jocko Wilnick. What is a daily habit that everyone should do? Prayer. What is your favorite podcast? The No Easy Way podcast, followed by the Jocko podcast. (laughs) What is a must-binge TV series? So I'm a YouTuber, and so I do uh, sailing podcasts. All right. What is your why? My why? To multiply the worship of Jesus Christ. Hmm. What is your best piece of advice? 30 seconds left. My best piece of advice. Oh, man. I got so many good ones. Yeah. Oh, no. You better hurry up. You use the word best uh, to lead. Oh, take take responsibility. Take responsibility. Take responsibility. What is your favorite quote? Okay. Here it is. The pessimist complains about the win. The optimist expects it to change. The leader adjusts the sales. It's a long quote. Who who do you look up to? 10 seconds. Jesus. Last question. (laughs) What is success to you? Worship. Worship. You got it. All right. He got, All right. He got the barbecue. Give it to me. How much is there? <laughs> Give it to me. Three seconds Three to spare. Seconds. There it is. There you good. got it. Good. Awesome. Good work. Pastor Jason, congratulations. You won today an AZ mug and a $25 gift card to Johnny B's Real Michigan Barbecue. Kevin, again, I'm coming. He's coming for you. <laughs> coming for you. Coming for you. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show and taking out of your time and being late to your staff meeting. We appreciate that, and we appreciate what you're doing. We appreciate you being our pastor. Uh, and uh, what you've mean to, meant to us and our families. And so keep up the good work. Keep following God. And uh, now, I'm thrilled about what God is doing with AZ Business Solutions. I know when you uh, told me this idea four or five years ago, and it was your vision. Uh, you weren't a believer. Well, I, I knew you were – listen, Tony, the reason you ought to hire AZ Business Solutions is because of Tony Nash. Oh, wow. Because at the end of the day, he is the ultimate ball catcher. He, I, I don't know anyone else that will work so hard to make sure that the job is accomplished. That's why he's such a value to our organization. Our asset, at the end of the day, at, uh, our organization, and an asset and such a valued friend um, to me because he's helped me in so many different things. Uh, and he's a ball catcher, and so you need AZ Business Solutions to be a ball catcher for your company. Um, they won't let you down. They will make. They will get it done. Wow. Well, I appreciate it. We need to do this more often. I know. So, this is this is the first time we've ever known how we really feel about each other. <laughs> Twenty years. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, Pastor Jay. So thank you so much for those kind words. That was that was awesome. I didn't pay to do that. So thank you for doing that. But before we go, why don't you tell everyone? Look into that camera right there. Tell everyone where they can find Emmanuel Baptist Church and multiply worship. Yep, we love to have you come join us and worship at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Corona, twenty six eighty East M twenty one, right across the street from uh, LaughQ uh, and Myers, the big green building. Come, uh, the first thing you will experience is the friendliness. You'll walk mm-hmm. in the door and you'll be greeted. You'll be made comfortable, felt to feel comfortable, and that you're amongst friends. And you'll feel the energy and the life. You can find us on social media. Look up Emmanuel Baptist Church at Facebook, EmmanuelAlive.com. We live stream all our services. So if you want to try it before you show up, uh, come and hear, hear us uh, preaching. Uh, hear the preaching of God's word and how we worship together. Uh, and then Multiply Worship, MultiplyWorship.co. Get some coffee, support worship multipliers around the world. Uh, and wear the gear that represents what you want to be about. 
You were created to worship and wear the brand, wear a brand that represents uh, a person who wants to make the worship of Jesus Christ paramount in their life. Well, again, thank you for being here and thank you for joining us. Uh, As my mother always says, you can't and never could until you tried. So go out there and try something great today, my friends, and don't take the easy way out. We'll see you next time.